Hello, and thank you for joining us on Everyday Active. This is the podcast where we go out and find everyday people who do all sorts of sports, activities, and bring their expertise to you. My name is Dr. Matthew Fletcher, and I'm excited to help you get out there and be active. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Active. I'm physical therapist, Dr. Matthew Fletcher, and I'm joined with my wonderful wife, Amy Fletcher, and, and Marianne Dinks. Hello. I, I'm very happy to be with Marianne today. Marianne is a fabulous hairdresser. In fact, she did my wife's hair just last week, and I'm very pleased with it. Me too. <laughs> but even more than making my wife feel and look amazing, we also want to applaud her on completing a full Ironman in 2013. I could rave all day about Marianne, but let's let her tell her about her story. So Marianne, what is an Ironman? Well, it consists of three sports. Uh, it's a two and a half mile swim, a 112 mile bike, and a 26 mile run. That sounds crazy. Well, it was. All in one day. It's yes. not split apart. Yeah. Yes. All in one time. It took me 14 hours. 14 hours of 14 grueling, hours. just grinding out, just physical and mental toughness. That's crazy. What time did you start? And what <laughs> yeah, you that's a good question. Uh, I started, I think it was about 6 a.m. and I finished about 9. Um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I guess wow. I know it was more at night. Uh-huh. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. You just keep going. You just keep going. You don't stop. <laughs> you just keep plowing through it. Wow. Yeah. So what made you want to do an Ironman? What was your motivation behind this? Well, I've always enjoyed sports. I swam in high school. I played soccer. I, um, but running was always my passion. It's easy just to throw a pair of shoes on and, and go. Um, it started with 5Ks. My first 5K was in 1997. Um, and then I started doing longer races from there because I just enjoyed it. I would push the kids in the strollers and get a group of ladies and we would just go. Um, and so the races just got longer. Um, I suffered a stroke in 2010 and it that took my balance and my short-term memory. And so I decided that that wasn't gonna define me. Um, and so I, decided to do a full Ironman so that I could <laughs> um, do training. I could train and get my body back um, to where it needed to be. Um, so I did, I signed up for it. I had to relearn how to walk, to ride a bike and to swim. Um, I had no idea that your balance, you know, that, that doing those things, you know, running obviously, but I didn't know swimming, you needed to have balance. Um, so it was a good way for me to prove to myself that I wasn't handicapped and that mm -hmm. the stroke wasn't going to define me. Wow. I just learned today that she had a stroke before doing this and the whole purpose behind you doing it was just you recovering from your stroke. It was a mental battle as well as a physical battle, which just makes it that much more powerful. It was neat. I, I was very thankful. Uh, it helped me mentally and physically. Um, you know, to know that I could do that, that I, that it didn't, it didn't get me. It didn't, it didn't get, get me. You didn't let it define you. No. Wow. No. What an incredible story. That's awesome. Well, I'm curious. So 
can you tell us a little bit about who Marianne is before we go into the nitty gritty of the Iron Man, just so our listeners can relate with you? Who are you? What do you do? Kids, family life? Tell me about that. I am a mom of three girls. Um, they are wonderful kids. Uh, the first one, Courtney, is 24. Second one, Kaylee, is 21. And my third daughter is 15. Um, they were obviously very young since this was, oh gosh, eight years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Um, so they were younger. Uh, but I'm a hairdresser. I enjoy, you know, hanging out with my friends and running. And most of the time running is more for enjoying time with my friends and just getting away. It's what you do to unwind. Yes. So tell me... How did you balance being a working woman, a mom, and a medical condition too, and a wife? How did you do all of these things? Before I signed up, um, I asked my husband, are you in? If you're in, I'm doing it. Um, and he said yes. He did the cooking, the cleaning, um, and... It was fantastic. It was fantastic. I was able to go to bed early, mm -hmm. get up early, and he would get the kids to school. He would make their lunches. He would, so that's, and my work, my clients just knew that I was going to be sore when I came in. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be so, a little mental, mentally drained just a little yeah. bit. Well, I can't physically. be a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it, it, I couldn't have done it without my husband. He was a huge support. That is so awesome to have that incredible support. Yeah. That is really neat. Tell us a little bit more about the regimen. Like, like, what did you have to do? What was the training process and all that? And how did you keep that all together? Before I did the Ironman, um, I had done several marathons, half marathons, sprint triathlons, um, Olympic distance triathlons. And I did one, my last one before this, you know, because I thought, oh, I'll just keep running and training on my own. Uh, before I do this and my last the last one when I figured out that I needed a coach was a lead man mm -hmm. and that was a smaller distance than the full Ironman but it was still a pretty giant race mm -hmm. well that was my first and only DNF did not finish um, mm -hmm. that showed me that guess what I need to step it up a little bit and not think that I'm better or mm -hmm. I'm bigger than training or sure. getting putting in the work and so I desired, decided to hire a coach. And nice. my coach, um, he gave me a 20-week plan. The first day of my 20-week plan consisted of two sports. I think I ran eight miles and then I swam a mile. Mm -hmm. So I had to be previously in shape. So I kind of had to get myself in shape to start my training. training. So, and that, I think the getting in shape before then was what mm -hmm. really helped my stroke, yeah. uh, helped me, you know, get my legs and arms and brain right mm -hmm. to, to work. Um, so that's, that's what I did, but the training plan really helped me to get through it. Can you tell us a little bit more about, so you hired a coach and what are some of the advice that he gave you during this process? Obviously get into shape before you start training, but was there any sort of, diet versus exercise like what was the training regimen kind of like he what was his advice yeah he he didn't really he I, I would show him 
how long it took me to do the run he asked me to do. How long it, so he would kind of say, okay, I want you to step it up in this area. Okay, you need to be strong. I remember I went over to his house and I rode on this stationary bike and he had it calculated to where you could see how much power I had in my legs and what, what I needed to work on the most. Mm -hmm. And I did have some left side deficiency that I didn't know about until this. And he said, you need to put more power in your left leg, which I yeah. didn't know. So yeah. those little things, um, my swim coach said, you need to get your arm up. I didn't know I wasn't getting my arm up. So those were good things for them to, to help me to know exactly what my body needed mm -hmm. to do for this. So how long did you spend training for the Ironman before you actually did the Ironman? Well, it was the 20-week um, training plan, but before that, I would say it took me... I was already pretty decent shape, but I was not doing two sports a day. Um, so before that, it probably took me an extra three months. Um, so the 20 weeks plus three months prior to that. So eight to nine months preparing for one event. Oh, yeah. And wow. this entire time your husband was supporting you. <laughs> yes. yes. So the thing I'm picking up is marry somebody good, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he kind of owed me because, let's see, I had my stroke in 2010. In 2011, he was diagnosed with duodenal cancer. And so we had his surgery with him, chemotherapy with him. So between 2011 and 2012, when I actually signed up for the Ironman, mm -hmm. he was hardcore and I took care of him hardcore. Uh -huh. Well, he was better enough and his cancer was at a place where, you know, it, it was well enough. So mm -hmm. I think he didn't owe me, but he was, he felt <laughs> very, okay. I think it's time to trade off. And sure. so it was my turn to, to have him take care of the kids. So it just kind of worked out. Oh, okay, so have a happy relationship on both ends. There we go. <laughs> you give and then I'll give. Sure, sure. That's awesome. So can you tell us, like, what were some of the, um, like, what did you have to eat before you, before you went on the race? What were some of the things that you had to prepare like diet-wise, would you say? Yeah, how did you eat for eight to nine months before the actual race? And what did you eat during the race, too, yeah. or before, <laughs> yeah. after the race? Well, d during the training, I would make sure and fill my water bottles and my, you know, I would take little goo packets and little packets. chewy oh. things <sighs> to, you know, when I, when I was running, I would take one shot block per mile because yep. that was the right amount of calories that I was burning. So during the training, I would eat exactly what I was going to burn off. Mm -hmm. And so, but my food in regular life during the training wasn't I didn't really focus on it mm -hmm. um I'm not a great eater but I did what it took to sure. you know and I I have to say I was probably more hungry during it but I figured that didn't matter I just needed to make sure and have the enough fuel for fuel. yes the, you know so when the actual event came I made sure to put in my water bottles and my you know, fuel bottles. Mm -hmm. I had those attached to my bike. I knew how many calories was in there. I gotcha. knew how many calories I needed to drink when I got done swimming. I mm -hmm. knew, you know, so that just, I, I just, and then the extras that they had during, I remember when it got in the nighttime, it started to get cold and I, they had some chicken broth mm -hmm. with some salt in it. 
you know, I didn't kind of think about that, but that was the best chicken broth I ever ate. You know, I was probably on the aisle 18, you know, and, yeah. and it was so good just because it was something different than the goo packets and the shop locks yeah. and the stupid Gatorade and stuff like that. Sure. So that they, they did have stations throughout. Um, I did halfway through the bike, I treated myself to a regular Coke, which I had had frozen. <laughs> um, nice. So I'm on mile 65 of the bike, and, and you have a, a bike bag that you pack beforehand. Uh -huh. So you stop halfway in the race, and, uh -huh. and I'm so looking forward to that Coke, and I had a Snickers bar in there. There you go. So I figured um, I've pretty much earned that. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> earn the Snickers <laughs> bar on mile 65. <laughs> I was looking forward to that. If my bag hadn't been there, I would have just quit the race. Yes, I probably would have. <laughs> so, how awesome but, well so what kind of clothing do you have to wear because you're swimming then you have to transition to biking and then you have to transition to running is there like what's that transition like between each event how did you organize and you know they you have you wear what's called a race kit okay. i think that's what it's called but it's a pair of biking shorts sometimes they're one piece outfits oh, um, okay. but it's a pair of biking shorts and a tight tank top mm -hmm. so you can swim and bike and run in the same outfit so wow. you you i had a wetsuit on so you know we had to t take that it was pretty cold which i was thankful for it's kind of buoyant and <laughs> <laughs> helps for the swim yeah. and um so i just wore the same clothes Mm -hmm. throughout the whole race wow. made it easy just made it pretty so, simple yeah. now do you start with the swim bike swim, and then run bike and then run yeah you you get out of the swim you peel off your wetsuit um then you towel off your feet and and put your socks and biking shoes uh your helmet you take off on the bike when you get done with that you take off your shoes uh your biking shoes and you mm -hmm. put on your running shoes Halfway through the run, I did have to, they, they have another bag, a, a, a run bag that you pack just mm -hmm. in case. So halfway through the run, um, somebody, I asked somebody to pour water, cold water on my head just because mm -hmm. it was hot that day. So they poured water and it went right down into my shoes. Oh, and I no. didn't think, dang it, I, I thought, oh, that feels good. Oh, dang, it's in my shoes. So thank goodness I had packed an extra pair of shoes. So when I had got to that aid station, I was mm -hmm. able to put some new shoes on mm -hmm. and um, run. Awesome. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, because that would probably cause some blisters and yeah. all sorts of havoc. Yeah, having yeah. Wet my feet, feet were hurting. My feet were hurting. <sighs> sure. And you still had to keep going. Yeah. Um, now, this is just me. Maybe this is too personal. But swimming, then biking, wearing the same clothes, what did you do to stop chafing? Because it's wet, right? When um, you're biking. Yes, but the biking shorts, everything's so tight that it really doesn't move it around. It doesn't move around. Mm -mm. Okay. No. I did put arm warmers on, you know, arm guard. I don't know what you would call them because it was kind of cold when you were mm -hmm. wet. Uh, but I took those off, ha you know, halfway through the bike. Okay. Uh, just peeled those off, but the rest of my clothes. And you're sweating anyway, so your clothes are wet anyway. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty much wet the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> and so from what I understand, there were different stations where you could pick up supplies from that you'd already prepared? Uh, How did that there, work? There, were, there was a bike aid station where you could um I, I can't remember what the station is called but it's a halfway through the bike you packed your own bag mm -hmm. if you wanted to change your shirt you could put a new shirt on if you but that just takes time or you could do it in the transition when i transitioned between i put i could have put a new pair of clothes on but it already takes five six seven minutes in the transition anyway so mm -hmm. i didn't want to take time to to do that and 
you know, they were clothes that I knew I was comfortable in, and so I just kept those on. So. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so what, you finished the race, what was the recovery like? Like, what was that? <laughs> no walking the next day. Like what, ha- <laughs> no. like, what was your experience after you'd completed it? Because it was in November, uh-huh. um, my swimming pool was really cold. And when I got done, when I walked in my door, I walked straight through the house back to the swimming pool. And I got, I could only get waist deep because it was so cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it felt so good on my legs. And I think because the next day I was a little bit sore. I was surprised I wasn't more sore. But I was a little bit sore. But I, I have to give that to the swimming pool, to the cold swimming pool. Yeah. Um, I think that helped uh, my muscles. But, you know, it took me a week to fully recover. Um, but... I think the swimming pool, the so cold the, pool helps. So the basic recovery, just hop in your pool. Hop in your pool. Make sure it's cold. Don't <laughs> make, hop in your And your make July. sure it's cold. That's so true. <laughs> and did you have like any blisters or rat, like anything like that? Or as long as you're prepared, you're okay? I, I didn't because I had trained in those clothes. Oh. I knew that by training in those clothes and those shoes that I wouldn't get blisters because yeah. they were, you know, the shoes, the tennis shoes that I traded into uh, halfway through the race, they were my old running shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that they worked. Yeah. And so I didn't get any blisters from anything because I had trained in that those clothes. Wow, so no toenails lost, no... Nope. Wow, that's phenomenal. Nope. I had that's... an amazing day. Um, I don't think I could have gotten a better day. It was beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. It wasn't raining. It wasn't snowing. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't mm-hmm. too cold. It was a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't... When I swam, a lot of times people get hit in the head or kicked in the face or mm-hmm. lose their goggles or lose their way. But for whatever reason, I was able to to do that Um, yep I didn't have any flat tires on the bike I didn't I had somebody crash right in front of me Mm -hmm. and so I stopped to help them Mm -hmm. um you know and I felt bad because they did all the training and they weren't able to finish the race and that was a bummer that was a bummer um yeah to do all that work because it's a lot months yeah months of training yeah and and the money that goes into it it's not cheap you know I didn't have a bike so I had to buy a bike and Mm -hmm. you know but it, it was worth it it was worth it. It's a big investment, but yep. oh, that's awesome. It that yep. doesn't sound like you regret it at all. Nope, nope. I still, to this day, am high from it. And that's yeah. been a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I, the real question is, would you ever do one again? No, because I don't think I could duplicate the day. Um, yeah. It was such an amazing day and such a um, growth experience for me and such a uh, get me out of the... I feel sorry for myself, uh-huh. um, and I, I, I did it. Yeah. I that checked it off my list. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it was it was hard, and a lot mm-hmm. of training. My family suffered, and so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think so. Maybe I'll do something else big, but that that served its purpose. Uh, how so. neat. Well, Marianne. We started about the beginning of the race. What happened during the race, and the amazing finish, the amazing day you had. Did we forget to ask you anything that you want people around to know who are listening to the podcast? I would just say that you have to know that our bodies can do hard things. Yeah, even after a stroke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they do more than what you think they can. They, they push more than you think they will. Mm-hmm. You just have to make them do it. 
you know, our brains are amazing things, our muscles are an amazing thing, and, and by pushing through it and, and doing the work, I had to do the work. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do the work on that other race and I didn't finish. So I did the work this time. Um, and I, I want them to know that the finish line is worth it. You know, the getting up, I remember my alarm clock would ring at two o'clock in the morning and I would, dang it, I don't wanna get up, I don't mm -hmm. wanna get up. And I just had to know and have faith that the finish line is worth it. And mm -hmm. it was. You know, like I said, I'm still high from it. So it was worth it. Well, okay, now I have to go backtrack. I'm curious. What, what did an average day look like while you were training for this? You said 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 Um, that was, I would get on the bike at 3 a.m. Um, and I would ride for six hours. And then I would run for three hours, four hours. Um, an average day was probably about seven hours of training, mm -hmm. eight, nine, ten hours. You know, at the end, um, it, it was a hundred mile bike and then a 13 mile run. That that took me a long time. Yeah. <laughs> took me seven hours to do the bike and another, you know, a long time to do mm -hmm. the rest. So it's, you just plan your day um, to to spend training. Wow, so an average of seven plus I would say, hours a yeah, day. seven plus. How many seven days a plus. week? Uh, six. Six. Six, days probably. A week. It might have even been seven, but the seventh day might have been, oh, go for a walk around your neighborhood, stretch your legs, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. But it was a, you were training every day. Follow-up question, during the training, were there any setbacks in the training? Were they like, did you end up injuring yourself or was it pretty like smooth sailing during the training? Was there any setbacks during the training process? You know, and probably that, that too, that's why I'm not going to do another one. I didn't get, I did not miss one day of the 20 wow. week training, not one day. So I was very thankful that my body did what it was supposed to, uh -huh. that it, I didn't get sick. I didn't have any injuries mm -hmm. I didn't um so I was thankful for that that's awesome what an amazing story yeah I love it it makes me think because the Olympics are going on right now mm -hmm. just all the time and effort people put into being these amazing athletes right it is yeah effort yeah two in the morning so you can bike yeah. for six hours <laughs> amazing you gotta be in you, you gotta, gotta be, be in, in. but you oh. gotta know that your body will do it yeah too that's awesome well, Marianne, thanks so much for coming in today. It's been a pleasure hearing your story. And yeah, it's been an honor just talking with you and hearing about everything that you've been through. That's my pleasure. I appreciate you asking me to do this. It's kind of fun to share my journey. That's awesome. You know, so. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, everybody, after listening to this today, I think we have no excuses not to just go out there and be active right now. So go on, get active, and be sure to make it a great day. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you'd like to come onto the podcast or have a certain sport or activity you'd like us to cover, just send us an email at fletchphysicaltherapy at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Now it's time to go out and be active.